Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me, what do you want for Christmas? It's lucky one of us remembers... I don't have a Christmas list anymore. I do! I don't remember ordering anything. I'm here to give you a gift. Could you at least try and be excited? What gift? Pull to open. Pull to open. Yes, and what do you do? I made a jigsaw out of your history. Did you like it? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I could never accept such an extraordinary gift. Oh, well, that's all right then. Here, come. Ma-rum-pum-pum-pum. Hello, 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 and welcome to a Christmas special edition of Pull to Open, normally a random quest through all of time and space via the TV show Doctor Who and very random order of episodes. But we're, we're taking a little break here, and uh, let's, let's talk about why we're taking a break here. My name is Chris Taylor. And I'm Pete Paschal, and I just got that Christmas episode. Chris Taylor, oh hey, man, we got all Christmas the Taylor. Yep, um, yeah, guys, you were probably expecting a commentary on Demons of the Punjab. Do not worry, we will have a lot to say about that particular episode very soon. In fact, next week. Uh, but right now, it's kind of Christmas Eve weekend, and we're getting into seeing Doctor Who in a couple of days. You're going to get. A commentary, a hot take on the church on Ruby Road very soon. Um, but, you know, for this episode right before that, we're kind of indulging the Christmas spirit a little bit. We want to we want to get gifty with it with yes. y'all. If if you like me or a last minute gift buyer, uh, then you are probably your mind is consumed at the moment with uh, what gifts to to get people. Uh, what do you get a billion year old Time Lord? Uh, <laughs> billion yes that's the, that's one of the gifts the specials <laughs> gave us a new figure for the doctor's age he's billions of years old i think he actually what, what used the plural we, didn't he he did use the plural so yeah what do you get a time lord at indeterminate age um who has everything via the tardis uh we're, so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about gifts that the doctor has actually received in the show which is and given and really, given and given but it's a shockingly yeah. small number. I think that's that's the headline on that, Pete. Is that the, the Doctor has really not received a whole lot of gifts, despite it being confirmed that he has a Christmas list. I should caveat: we're not necessarily comprehensive on this, so uh, feel free, people who are watching this on YouTube, to comment below <laughs> yes, for please. the gifts that we miss when we talk about them later. But no, yeah, we want to talk about gifts, and yeah. you know, we're going to talk about three sort of this in sort of three different ways. First, we want to talk about the recent three specials and the gifts that it they have given us the Doctor Who fandom. 
yeah. uh, whether you're a casual fan or a hardcore fan who's been watching it for 60 years, there's gifts for you in this. And right. we're going to take Wrap those up. apart a little bit. We're going to unwrap them, take them apart. We're going to unwrap gifts. That's what you do with <laughs> gifts. We're going to unwrap those gifts. I mean, they've already been unwrapped, but we're going to regard them a little bit. Then we're going to, second, we're going to reflect a little bit on the gifts over the years that the doctor's gotten and received. And then we might get a little personal with it. We might talk a little bit about the gift that Doctor Who has given both of us yeah. in this holiday season and many holiday seasons in the past. So hope you'll indulge us. And why don't we get started? Why don't we yeah. just go right to the specials? And yeah, let's talk about the specials. I mean, the, the specials yeah. were not that Christmassy because we are getting a Christmas special. I think a lot of people expected a bit more holiday cheer. A lot of people expected more from the specials in terms of multi-doctor stories. We did sort of get that with the giggle. Sort of. We're hoping for Matt Smith. Uh, a lot of people had like very specific Christmas lists for the specials that may or may not have been met. But I think if you went in saying, oh, anything you give me is fine, uh, or just you mm-hmm. know, anything you make is lovely, RTD. Um, the thought that counts, I believe, the is the, what they say. And he was yeah. clearly thinking of something. Um, totally. But, there, was, yeah. there was a little bit of holiday cheer, I remember, in the uh, Star Beast. So when he arrives, it's clearly the holiday season. They're getting gifts. uh, And I buried under a pile of gifts, literally, uh, as in in Rose's gifts to to Dubai, mostly. Yeah. Luckily, Uh, RTD didn't do the homicidal Christmas tree again, which (laughs) he was probably tempted to. But there was definitely some some stuff set up there. But I got to say, the biggest gift under the tree this season for Doctor Who fans, I have to think, is simply the Disney plus money (laughs) because all of the specials looked really good. The production values are, you know, higher than tenant has probably ever experienced on the show. Um, and they just, they just look great. You know, everything from the meep to Neil Patrick Harris and and his, his set pieces and everything in between a unit unit getting Avengers tower, like all of this stuff. Like this is like, okay, doctor who is full on, you, you know, it's it's competing head to head with Marvel and Star Wars, and it's looking good doing it. It really is, and I, I, you can look no further than the intro, the new opening, the credits, uh, the TARDIS mm. bouncing around the time stream in in four K and amazing colors, and the the camera doing all sorts of zoomy things. I mean, it makes the you know two thousands time tunnel look cheap look as cheap as the well, 70s time tunnel. And it's funny, like I've sort of said this before on some previous episodes about how if you grew up with old school Doctor Who, mm. like everything from 2005 on looks amazing, yes. you know? But <laughs> now, like there are so many fans who have grown up on the new show and we just mm. had one on when, with Ellie Blackwood when she helped us with uh, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, they, I, I kind of almost can't relate to them sometimes because they're, they're uh, the complaints about effects from 2005, 2006, I remember celebrating those effects, mm. as cheesy as they look. Maybe not the slitting, but <laughs> everything else was, was pretty good. What you're saying here, Pete, in three words, kids these days. <laughs> anyway, we're really grateful for the Disney money because it's not just impressing us, uh, you know, the old school folks who grew up on Tom Baker, Peter Davison, and all, all the rest. But now they're it's, it's impressing everybody. It just yes. it just looks really good. And again, you could pick at any particular effect. I'm not saying they're all perfect, 
but the production values are like really high. And they really awesome. are. And and you you to your point, there is no greater gift for Doctor Who fandom than more Doctor Who fans or the opportunity to show the show off to more fans. Because who doesn't love giving someone else the gift of Doctor Who fandom? I, I know we all want to do it. We all, like, no matter how many friends you have who watch Doctor Who, there, are, there could always be one more. Um, especially if perhaps out there you might be trying to convince a partner or a spouse, uh, very, very good friends, uh, that this is a show that you want to... Uh, snuggle up with you and watch yeah. all episodes of perhaps there are many many years of it that uh, that they could go through and yeah that, so great great it's a really good point it's, it's it's a really good point because yes uh even even back in the day when there wasn't a ton of sci-fi out there it was difficult to convince people to watch doctor who because of mm. it, it is just notorious for its cheap effects and now the show is obviously something you could proudly just go oh yeah it's really good and it looks great uh awesome okay so second on our christmas list because we we have made made a little list of five gifts from the specials five biggest gifts from the specials uh probably should have said that before we plunged into them but hey we're just too excited there's just wrapping paper everywhere we're just getting over this it was hard to narrow it down to five there's so much there's so much but <laughs> there's so much but you can only not be greedy. stuff so much under the tree and uh this there's a gift of um i i won't like get try to make this too controversial but there there are various gifts that the show provides itself in terms of wiping over canon or saying that something that has been bedeviling us in our heads for years about how how did that happen how did that plot hole happen in doctor who? why why was this you know we all have our list in our heads and it is a real christmas gift to give us something new that can wipe over that or explain that, as we usually do in our show every week with the Clara Splinter uh, mm-hmm. explaining plot holes in the stories that we visit. That was kind of a gift from Moffat. Another gift that Moffat gave us was the crack in time. Uh, right. Which, you know, the, the reforming of the universe and the Big Bang. Uh, we're going to talk about that later because it does have a natural gift in it. Um, but there is that gift to us fans of being able to explain away stuff with the, the crack in time or, or the Clara splinter. And we have a new one because mm-hmm. the toy yeah. maker says, he says in a piece of dialogue when he's talking to the 14th doctor across the table, right when they're about to play cut, he says brags to him. In fact, brags to the mm. doctor. Mm. I made a jigsaw of your history. Did you like it? And we don't know what he meant by that, but that I believe is the gift. Yes. Because now fans can interpret that line however they want. And what folks are choosing to interpret that as is perhaps the timeless child arc, which the Chibnall era was, I'll just say known for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we'll, you know, we've said enough about that. I probably already um, you can, if you want, in your head, say that that is simply a toy maker plot, a toy maker. Uh, uh, well, his his yeah. monkeying with the doctor's history. That was all his plan. That's what he did. And if you wanted to ignore it for that reason, that's fine. And having having it uh, scattered throughout the Doctor's history in a weird way, so that bits of it end up in the brain of Morbius, uh, you know, stuff like that. You can you can head canon however you want. And you're right, that, that is a great gift from RTD because he's he's not being disrespectful to the Chibnall era. 
Right. Uh, we do get specific shout outs. We do get the doctor wondering about, you know, acknowledging he didn't even come from Gallifrey um, mm. in Wild Blue Yonder. Um, so it's definitely a yes and, but, you, you know, yeah. but, but I, I was expecting more. And I think being primed by the Tribunal era to expect more because Tribunal was not very yes and, you know, the way he redestroyed Gallifrey, for example. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I was expecting RTD to come along and be like, do like a hard no, like, no, that never happened because XYZ or, you know, something more specific. But you're right, just leaving it as one phrase from the toy maker you can do whatever you want with like i feel mm-hmm. if this was marvel or dc you would have some sort of crisis of an infinite earths situation I, i've talked about this a few times right. maybe that's <laughs> what we're getting in this special one collapsed timeline that just you know everything's sorted but you don't have to do that in doctor yeah. who doctor who canon can be very loosey-goosey and so much of it is in the head of every fan uh, and really i think kind here is your own adventure it's it's also kind of RTD's gift to himself in that if he can kind of leave it now, if Mm -hmm. he wants to, if he just wants to go on, and I think he will to mostly, he'll basically just go do the stories he wants and not necessarily indulge too much in the timeless child stuff. Now that Mm -hmm. said, at some point they're going to have to refer to regeneration and how many regenerations he has, and maybe they'll keep it vague. I'm sure like, I'm sure it'll come back around in some form, but having some definitive thing that either erases it or confirms it. I don't think you need that. And I don't I think RTD realizes he doesn't. So yeah. he's kind of essentially, this is a helpful thing for him to kind of just forget about it for a while, move on and create the stories he wants to tell with his new doctor, Shudigawa. Yes, he's got breathing room for a couple of years, which seems to be the way with Doctor Who. Like you have your, your seasons where nothing is mentioned that's that kind of continues the mystery of the doctor and nothing specific nothing overarching um and then you got seasons where you got a lot of new doctor information right so hmm. but you know it's it's it has to be it has to be a gift it has to be parceled out sparingly uh in amongst you know many many monster of the week story of the week kind of situations so, the, so yeah that's what we're getting <laughs> so we got a we got another present, a few more presents to get through here on the special. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so the next one, one. So it's yeah, <laughs> petite, you might say. Petite one, it's got bits of red hair on it. Yeah. yeah, and that is, of course, uh, Mel, Melanie Bush. She was back, and it was a delight to see her. She's always been sort of a Doctor Who presence, particularly in the big finishes. I actually just finished a big finish with her and uh. Colin Baker. Mm. Um, God, what was it? It was the one with Evelyn. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is, she's done a lot of big finishes. Yes. And uh, and she's back now for sure in the show. Uh, this was a bit of a surprise gift, uh, even though some people who in the fan community who essentially took the trailer and turned it into the Zapruder film and found a frame where it looked like she was in it. There was the, you know, we didn't really know she was going to be back this early. And uh, now she is. Mm -hmm. So it's great. But I do like the idea of bringing back old companions whenever they want. And they have this great device. So it's beyond just Mel. And, you know, they tease this in The Power of the Doctor a little bit. But now that, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it makes total sense, right? That unit would just kind of like go and hire all these old companions of the Doctor because who who better to staff your your organization that is supposed to be looking out for the earth and 
doing the best they can when the doctor isn't there because he no longer works there full time, right? Indeed. So, yeah, uh, you know, the companion support group um, in Power of the Doctor might be the best gift that that Chibnall ever gave us, or certainly gave me. I I, mm. I think about that a lot <laughs> when I think about Doctor Who and I think about companions, like that essential question of what what next? Why? What, the doctors abandon them basically they need someone to talk to about so i love that but I, I also love the idea and i'm inserting this in my headcanon version of power of the doctor now that uh, kate is standing outside those support groups you know those <laughs> sign-up sheets <laughs> exactly unit internships <laughs> yeah she's got like a, a arm full of pamphlets or something yeah here you go um yeah it's just it's it's really it's a really nice thing to do it's again this is the kind of thing that i think they might have dismissed as a fan fiction device back in the day but now like i mean with fan fiction and uh companion fiction it's all kind of weaving together like it makes total sense that all of this stuff would sort of come into the show and it's it's a very good kind of world building thing so Mm. uh yeah very happy to get that gift as uh, in in terms of uh, gifts that where you open them and you go, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> there's, there's the next gift uh, by generation. By generation yeah. was, was RTD's gift to fandom uh, something that we could all argue about endlessly at Christmas. Exactly. So this is kind of why you might consider it a good gift <laughs> in that it's <laughs> it's a lot to chew on it's a big deal really it's is. a big change he knew it would be this way um we're and still does, talking about it gotta say it does look visually stunning like i i, I think sure. about that a lot that the scene of the camera rotating around uh 14 and 15 as as they emerge from each other it really does you know to the point of the first gift the disney money like they really give you an all angle look at this by generation mm. at this new thing it's not as if they're just like oh this is a normal thing like the show pulls out all the stops to draw attention to it look at it from all angles that you know this is real um i did like i, I gotta say i'm kind of on the fence about it i think that uh a lot of our followers are too because we did a poll Mm. on, on uh, Twitter. I'm always going to call it Twitter. That's my gift to you. Do. Um, about the, uh, about by generation. I did it. I did this one. As a, yeah. Kind of a, How did uh, they like it? What, what were the <laughs> options? It was like, are you into it? Are you not? Or were yeah, there more options so than that? It was, I should know this since I work you, at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just work it. Uh, no, it's, I said by generation more like, uh, and the winning option, uh, well, okay, I'll, I'll go and reverse. What were the order. options? Uh, by generation, more like Psy generation, or mm-hmm. Y generation, or Superfly generation, or RTD's high generation. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what would you choose out of those, Pete? Well, well, let me tell you, let's talk about what the fans chose. I, I don't want to, we've already sort of talked about it, so I, I don't want right. to get retread what we said, but anyway, go on. Cool last place, Psy Generation and Superfly Generation. So people didn't hate it, uh, but they, they didn't love well, Superfly it. Superfly is pretty good. Superfly Generation. Um, yeah. Isn't that the good one? Isn't that like the Viking banger of those? No, no. Then the the next most popular is Y Generation, uh, but the winner with forty six point two percent of the vote is RTD's High Generation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Look, it's a thing for us to argue about. We're gonna 
uh, we're going to keep arguing about it. If that feedback is going to get back to him and he'll figure out what to sort of do with it. But ultimately, like, I feel like this is the gift you re-gift. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just give that to the Mandalorian or something. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys, you guys have this concept and we'll, we'll do some, we'll go back I- to Normal I was status just quo. thinking, you know, that the Star Wars universe definitely needs an injection of, of newness into it. Let's, uh, yeah, here, by generation, uh, <laughs> Skywalker can split off from a Skywalker. Uh, oh, God, no. Why not? Fewer Skywalkers. Whatever you do with by generation Star Wars. No, I I, I love, I, I actually like it. So this, this gift is sitting well with me. Mm. I don't think I'm going to re- re-gift it. Like, the longer that I think about it, and, and I sort of, I understand RTD's reasoning. And I understand it especially because of the next and final gift on our list that the specials gave us, mm. uh, which is more a, a gift for the Doctor itself. Uh, because yeah. what by generation allowed was the Doctor looking himself in the eye with his new eyes and his old eyes and looking at old eyes and saying, hey, buddy, you need a rest. Mm. You know, you've been traveling through time and space all this time. You've had hella trauma. We're going to talk about some of that trauma. We're even going to talk about Legopolis, apparently. Not sure why you <laughs> picked that one in particular. Um, but and Adric. Like, just, yeah, and Adric. And Adric. Sarah Jane's dad. Can you believe it? Uh, it's not like it's a timey-wimey show where we could, in theory, go back and visit Sarah Jane. Ah, hmm. oh, Sarah Jane. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no, I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, you know, it, 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 it allows the doctor to do something he's never done before. Just give himself permission to stop and yeah. rest and settle down. And explicitly, if he's telling himself to do it, then that's, you yeah. know, you, you can't. He's like, ultimate oh, well, permission. I'm, I'm the wisest guy I know. And so I, I obviously need, yeah, need so to break. speak. You know, well, and it does, does such a good job of playing a tired doctor that you sort of feel mm, like you pay off for that. Yeah, you almost want him to have a little more of that five o'clock shadow or something yeah. when, in those scenes, even though uh, he definitely looks haggard. But you've never seen before, really, the doctor giving himself a hug. Yes. That's incredible. It was yeah. just such a great scene. So um, really I to- you're totally right. It, it, like the by generation, make of it what you will. We'll figure out what that means in the long run. But the fact that it allowed the doctor to give that gift to himself, mm. I think it was was one of the best things about the special. So I'm grateful for that. that one. I think the, the randomizer is again guiding us. And this this is another reason we I don't think we mentioned last week uh, when we were talking about A Christmas Carol, uh, because that too revolves around a moment where Kazran, uh, you know, the Scrooge of, of the story, gets mm. to hug his younger self. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. We talked about that notion of like you know how how powerful that is, uh, and how scary it is. Like how how does your older self look to your younger self? But there's the other side of that is like you know reconciling your life by having your older and your younger self give give your uh, give yourself a hug, which is exactly what happened in the giggle. So yeah, I think the the uh, I think the uh, randomizer mm. is approving of by generation uh, in its <laughs> in its silent way. At least it, the the ends of the by generation perhaps justify the means here. So yes. we'll 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 hook on that. It's it's a very um, very appropriate for the season for sure. Yeah. So the gift that the doctor gave himself, the gift that fifteen gave fourteen, was permission to just settle down 
mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and hang out and have a family and all these things that he hasn't done since he somehow acquired a granddaughter on Gallifrey. Um, so mm. yeah, yeah, that's a good segue into our next segment on what has the doctor received as gifts over the years. Mm. Uh, now we we do know, thanks to dinosaurs on a spaceship somewhere we went this year earlier this year, uh, that the doctor has a Christmas list. That's right. This, yeah. this is confirmed. It's you know it, it's it's great for the <laughs> the line of dialogue uh, where it's it's Rory's dad saying to Rory that he needs a trowel, put it on your Christmas list. And the doctor <laughs> screams from far away. I, uh, Rory's like, I don't have a Christmas list. I'm 31. Doctor's like, I've got a Christmas list. Like, you know, he's, we don't know whether the trowel went on it, but, uh, but yeah, the doctor would like gifts and hasn't received a lot. Mm. In well, and I also love that. That's such a great Matt Smith line and yes. a great doctory line where, you know, it, it really was reminiscent to me of the Tom Baker line, which is often quoted that there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish once in a while. And that's, Indeed. that's kind of like a perfect doctor line and it, like that capturing that youthful spirit. Like, of course he has a Christmas list. He's, he's a kid at heart. He, yeah. he, he wants things, he likes things and he doesn't really want to have the things he wants to want them. You know, <laughs> like I think that's kind of, kind of the spirit of it. So it's, it's really, really cool. Um, but he also occasionally, does get actual gifts, whether they're on his list or not. So from a few other episodes, well, let's, let's, if we fast forward from there, from dinosaurs on a spaceship to the, the Whitaker era. Yes. Apparently something on her (laughs) Kerblam wish list was a fez. Yeah. This makes total sense. I think this is the classic moment. I don't know if you've ever had this Pete, if you've uh, ever been on the, in the Amazon wish list side of things, but, uh, Oh yes. The real world (laughs) blam where you're like, you get a gift for Christmas and you're like, Oh, thank. And you suddenly realize that this was something that you put on your gift list years ago. That is not necessarily (laughs) good for modern day you, but you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you sort of have to. Oh yeah, I should have pruned that list a bit. Um, But the doctor receives it, and and I like to think that this was. uh, Here's my headcanon on this: after dinosaurs in the spaceship, the doctor goes to update his Christmas list with with the trowel uh mm. that rory's dad is talking about right by the way rory does say that he he does have a trowel when once he's he and amy settle down he mentions mm. it in a later episode um <laughs> but so the doctor wants to put it on his wish list goes to complain goes to add it gets distracted by a you may also like um with a, just oh, it's just a picture of a yeah. fez yeah. orders a fez and that's when the the complain delivery person uh receives it now you you wouldn't I feel like some incarnations of the Doctor would have a problem with getting a gift meant for previous incarnations. Uh, for example, I don't think three would look kindly on getting a recorder. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although he knows Who's where to get thousands of them. He said. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, he, yeah. well, so, the Fez getting to her, like, you know, go to, not to dissect the plot of that episode too much, but... I think it was just something on the doctor's wish list that the Kerblam uh, system then just grabbed because 
they needed it needed her to come then and yeah. sort of solve the problem, right? You're right. Um, I mean, the, the point I was going to make there is that that the doctor is clearly the easiest person to buy gifts for, even though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what do you what do you buy for the Time Lord who has everything and and all of time and space and a machine to go there? Um, that you think that'd be hard to buy for, but uh, the way that she's so excited by this fez and immediately yeah. puts it on like this, she's not faking that. She's into that fez. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like you know if you're into like a. Uh, a particular cartoon or something as a kid and someone gets you the the DVD box set of it and you haven't watched it in 20 years, they'd be like, oh yeah, and then kind of get into it. Uh, yeah, you kind of remember who you were. Yeah. And you kind of take on that persona for a little bit and then you're you're back, right? I love it. Yeah, um, but other so. than that, I don't know. I mean, and, and listeners, please feel free to, to comment on, on YouTube or, you know, wherever wherever even just leave us a review uh and comment on this uh but i don't know that the doctors received any other gifts now there there are right. metaphorical gifts so in twice upon a time the uh what's the name of the organization that's preserving memories in that uh again speaking of demons the punch is kind of the same the same plot as twice upon a time um uh, testimony testimony there you go they they say they offering the doctor the gift uh of seeing bill again mm. um right and that is so i've been through you know all the all the transcripts of every doctor who's story are online so on uh chacotea.net a great resource for doctor who fans uh and what you could you could do a very quick google search for words like gift and and present which is what i've done <laughs> now i've seen a lot of presents that the doctor gives which right. is like, you know, the, the companions definitely get the better end of the deal in terms of uh, presence. Yeah. Under well, the I can definitely think of two actual gifts he's gotten. Yes. So just off the top of my head. So one is Black Orchid. Ah. So at the end of that two-parter, the Cranleys give the doctor the book, the mm-hmm. Black Orchid. Mm-hmm. So he, he does get that, and it's actually referred to in Earthshock. And so it's still probably in the TARDIS somewhere. Um, so there's that one. And the other <laughs> was one of our room just full of regifts. Uh, things. To re-gift. <laughs> yeah. um, one of our very first podcasts was the show, the, the, the uh, story of the invisible enemy. Yes. And that was perhaps the greatest gift he's ever gotten <laughs> other than, you know, the hug and, uh, everything that he just got from uh, 15 is K9. Yeah. The best physical gift he ever got. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a dog so, that is not just for Christmas. And it just kept giving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kept giving himself K9s. Yeah. Uh, and we've, and we've spoken definitely. about what, what that means and whether that is kind of uh, the, the robbing K9 of its meaning, but it is a little bit, uh, or yeah. personality. But it's, so, you know, it's, we love seeing K9. There's a Mark II, which comes in right. in Invasion of Time. There's a Mark III that he gives to Sarah Jane. That's right. Yep. And Shows up it, in Canaan and Company first. Is And then there's a Mark IV? That he then there's a Mark IV. That, yeah, the canine at the end of School Reunion, the rebuilt yeah. or <laughs> re-gifted canine at the <laughs> end of School Reunion declares itself to be canine Mark IV. 
Okay, so the yeah. Doctor, this is one of those Christmas gifts where someone gets it for you and you're like, this is so amazing, I, and then it breaks, and then you, you're like, you had to buy it three more times, but you don't care, because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's so good. So that basically is what the Doctor's done, and the, the uh, you know, whatever the, the, the Doctor and uh, the Invisible Enemy, the, the guy who constructs K-9, like I, he, he's probably got a pretty good sideline in a, in a company of just making them. And you know, because the doctor keeps coming back to the 50th century to buy another one. Is that best? You know, it's interesting. They've never done visiting that era again, and you see sort of canine and maybe bad canine, kind of like how they do with the droids in Star Wars. You sort of have bad three POs here and there. You know, they that would be interesting. An episode set in a canine factory. RTD, call us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want to see that that would be. Amazing, um, and, all, and they're all turned into evil canines at some point. That that would be a gift. Holy yes. cow! Gift us that, please. <laughs> that would be incredible. But yeah, this, so the Doctor is actually a better gift giver, yeah, for sure. uh, than a gift receiver. We've seen many throughout the show. Uh, in uh, Husbands of River Song. Uh, right when, when they go to uh, Derulium, I believe, is when he gives her this this uh, the Sonic in a box. Yeah, the Sonic we see in Science of the Library. Yeah, yeah, she's perfect. Awesome. I mean, you know, the the Doctor never has to wonder about what gifts he he should give a companion. He could just give them all a Sonic. Well, he could also pop forward and see what they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what he gave them. So. Oh my god, yeah. we've just headcanoned another Christmas special. I, I feel like this is a webisode one. This is a five minute one. The Doctor yeah. is, and maybe use 14 for this. Like, it's they're around at the, at the nobles for Christmas, and the Doctor's yeah. like giving these gifts and he's rubbish at it. Uh, so well, speaking he, of gifts, he goes he back gave in the time nobles. and gets them better one. That, yeah, that, but he that writes itself, RDD, call us. But yeah, speaking of gifts he gave the nobles, like the, the winning the lottery, that was huge. Yes. Oh you God. know, <laughs> which of course we've learned later, she gave away all the money because she's just so good or mm. had that sort of latent desire to be charitable because of her experience with the doctor. And then got mad at him for doing that later oh, when she got her memories back. At the companion support group, do they discuss this? Like the, the doctor could have given everyone lottery tickets. True. Lottery tickets. Yeah, oh what does Donna get lottery tickets? Well, yeah, maybe that's that should be just like your thing for getting, you know, spending the season with the doctor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like multiples, like Jamie should get, instead of like the gift of having his memory erased, he should have gotten uh, the biggest lottery ticket of all. Mm. Or maybe uh, <laughs> the gift of going to an English free Scotland. Ooh. Uh, in some alternate universe. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that that could have been a good one for Rory. Uh, but what else? Yeah, he gives the, the Metabilis crystal to Joe. That's right. Yep. In the Green Death, even though he's bummed that she's it, leaving. Although she gives it back later yeah. because they remembered they needed it for the, the plot of Planet of Spiders. <laughs> so they had to get it back. Talk about a regifting. Yeah. <laughs> um so oh oh we we did me- mention we forgot to mention one gift that the doctor looked at and said oh thanks which is the cyber army uh that missed right in death and heaven yes that's right uh yeah. didn't really have a place for that which it's a good thing well i hope she kept the receipt uh, for <laughs> that because 
Yeah, the the doctor he's not into it. He wants to return that Christmas sweater. Hmm. Yeah. And the doctor certainly gave a pretty big gift in the doctor, the widow, and the wardrobe. Oh my goodness! To the family there. Yeah. And that obviously kicks off the whole thing. Yeah. Um, never open a giant present from the doctor. Like what? Were, what were you even thinking? A portal to another planet? That's not not a good idea. Uh, mm. As we found out. Yeah. Be very careful. I mean, and also the doctor like spent all this time. Like you know, uh, doing up the, the the kids' room in uh, Doctor and the Widow and Wardrobe. He was oh, yeah. really going overboard that Christmas. I feel like his eleventh incarnation was uh, way more into the Christmas list thing than any of the others. Yeah, really, kind of didn't know when to stop. Uh, I definitely didn't way, know when to stop. Lived for way, like two hundred years, not knowing when really, to stop. Anyway, I I do hope that I can find on eBay somewhere the machine that goes ding and downloads comics from the future. Uh, I definitely <laughs> want that. That is going on my wish list. Uh, and, uh, you know, just in case I need to spot any Zygons, but also the comics from the future. I'm really into it for that. Nice. Yes. Uh, how, how they get displayed. Well, now we know with the new Sonic, of course, it just creates, yeah. uh, creates little windows in the air. That's I fun times. That. Um, so the bit, one of the, this isn't the doctor getting or giving a gift, although it's arguably gifting himself to someone, Mm -hmm. but it is in the big bang where river's gift to Amy is that TARDIS themed book, you know, the diary. Yes. And the gift ends up being Amy remembering the doctor, which of course is how he comes back to the universe after needing to seal himself on sort of the other side of reality. Yeah, uh, the other the, side of the Big Bang. The book is so. what triggers it, and that's that's a present mm-hmm. from River. So it's a present from her her daughter that she doesn't know is a daughter yet, and uh, yeah, and it it does tr- it triggers her looking at the guy with the bow tie, um, and it, at the wedding, and uh, you know, and then something else triggers her memories of the Raggedy Doctor, and and that's that's how he comes back. So yeah, really, really, River is responsible for the ultimate gift to the Doctor. Uh, his existence right absolutely and it's really a gift bestowed by Stephen moffat because he really wanted to turn the old wedding gift saying something old something new something borrowed something blue mm-hmm. and make that sort of the centerpiece of that scene which is almost like a writer challenging himself to do something but it is yeah. i do like that it's very apt because it's like it does end with something blue and you're like okay sure it's kind of you're teeing it up for him Bringing it. it up for the TARDIS noise. Yeah, that is a beautiful moment. And I look forward to, to when we get there. Speaking of stories that we have been to, though, uh, one one entry for a present in the Doctor Who transcript is Robot of Sherwood, uh, where the, the Doctor says that that's what he's leaving for Robin, uh, who he's been at loggerheads with throughout the story. He leaves her uh, Maid Marian as, as a gift. Oh yeah, the TARDIS hiding in the TARDIS behind the TARDIS. We never got a good answer on that. Yeah, Either way, it's kind of weird and creepy, but <laughs> good stuff. Nice happy ending. Indeed. Oh, you know what, Chris? All this gift giving—it it makes me want to sort of tidy up things and Ooh. sweep up some wrapping paper. And it's got to be some housekeeping make... at Christmas. Yeah, you got to. So, folks, 
If you would like to get some full notes on our episodes uh, and help support the podcast, why don't you go ahead to go over to our base on the World Wide Web. We are at pulltoopen.net, and you can subscribe to our newsletter. And uh, you can also become a patron of the show. Feel free to do that at patreon.com slash pulltoopen. And uh, yeah, give us some support. It, it yeah. is the season, after all. It is the season, and you know what? We 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 don't we don't want anything. It's okay. I know you're you're suddenly uh, shrinking in horror from the fear of have I forgotten to give Paul to open something? It's all good. You know your your continued presence as listeners is great. However, if you do feel generous, if you are feeling Christmas spirit, please. Uh, open the the app that you're listening to your podcast and see if you can review it, especially if you're holding a uh, brand new iPhone after Christmas or even before Christmas. Uh, go to the Apple Podcast app, review us in there. That that especially gives us some juice. It helps us get to more, uh, into more ears, uh, bringing the gift of our random journey to more listeners, uh, especially if it's a five-star review. But, you know, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you're feeling uh, Christmassy enough to give, and uh and then share it with a friend share it with a, the friend that you've forgotten to get a gift for and you're like it's christmas eve and you're like oh oh crap i forgot uh but also my friend either loves doctor who or will do in the future um therefore i'm going to send them a text with this show uh this exact show and then they will listen to this they'll get to this point and they will understand why you sent them this text and uh hopefully if they have gotten to this point they enjoy it enough that they're also going to start listening to it so you know what what could be more christmasy than that it's uh, it's a little christmas miracle uh, well i'll tell you what could be more christmasy than that <laughs> go ahead it's simple stocking stuffers which of course is a like and subscribe on youtube where oh, we're yeah. at youtube.com slash pull to open where you not only get to listen to the show you can see us and you can see our easter eggs you can see i've got my Matt Smith poster here behind me because I forgot to put it up last week when we did a Christmas Carol. <laughs> and, you know, there's lots of things that you can uh, find on our channel, including all of our short videos. You'll see those. Uh, our hot takes from the latest Christmas specials are all there. So uh, go ahead and give it a give it a look. Indeed. And we are all over the place. If you are trying to avoid your family at Christmas, uh, check us out on TikTok. Uh, go watch all of our short videos there. It's a great way to distract yourself. We're at Pull to Open there. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, threads, we're at Pull to Open 63, Blue Sky, Pull to Open. And yes, everywhere, everywhere. You could, will probably be on one more platform by the time you're listening to us, in which case, just Google it. Hmm. So cutting to our sort of final segment on gifts, and I, it's hmm. kind of what we want to talk about now is sort of something a little more personal and sort of the gift of doctor who and what it's kind of meant in our lives, particularly yes. at Christmas time. And, you know, I've been a fan since the, the early eighties. And once I became a fan, you, you kind of want stuff, right? You're like, okay, what, what is there? And, you know, I was probably 10 years old at the time. And, you know, there wasn't, and, and I was in Canada, Western Canada, there wasn't mm. like a ton of stuff, but you could go to sort of specialty comic stores and there was a little bit of stuff. There might've been like a doctor who magazine, uh, occasional t-shirt. Um, and you could sort of hunt far and wide and eventually sort of find things. And so luckily my family was very patient and would go out of their way to sort of find things that were Doctor Who themed. I kind of helped them out a little bit and would sort of say like, you can get this here or there or whatever. Um, I don't have that many gifts 
from back then still, I, although I, I, most of the books that I got back then, I definitely still have, and they're sort of on the shelf back here. But one of the gifts that um, I got at some point, I think this came out in the early 90s, I still have, is this. This is Shada. So like the, Shada this is on VHS is what On VHS. Saying. Yeah. And it's narrated by Tom Baker. And so this is one of like 17 versions of Shada <laughs> there are now. But uh, I was just so thrilled to get this because when, one of the best gifts you can get as a fan is Doctor Who you haven't seen before. Yes, And I got to say, that's one of the gifts this podcast has given me in doing it because i i have obviously never seen the missing episodes we're doing and uh because the internet and doctor who mm -hmm. fandom have mixed to produce so much stuff including sort of telesnap versions of those episodes beyond just the audio one of the best gifts that the podcast has given me is um the the rendering of Marco Polo, which uh, yeah. really, even though there's been a few more we've done, that one in particular was so well done and was just such a great story that I it really felt like I was get, seeing that TARDIS team again and in a story I'd never seen before. So even though a lot of those episodes probably are gone forever, um, you know, the magic of the internet uh, and the magic of Doctor Who fandom, I mean, it's it, it just keeps giving you stuff. So it's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when, that's, you're, that's, when you're a Doctor Who fan, like that, it, it gives your family a gift as well, which is like, oh, thank goodness, now I know what to get him for Christmas. Yeah, now they can actually do it just on Amazon, right? They used right? to have to hunt to comic stores or <laughs> wherever else, but now it's just, you know, it's a click, uh, a click it, pick it, and, you know, Doctor Who it all my way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I my thing has been TARDISes. I have, uh, uh, just looking around me right now, a, a TARDIS a USB hub. A, uh, mm -hmm. I, got, I got TARDIS uh, bookends right above me. I got a tiny TARDIS here. Uh, I got a TARDIS toothpaste dispenser. Maybe uh, in a future uh, pull to open, uh, if uh, we do this at Christmas, and if I have a few drinks, I might actually wear the TARDIS onesie. Uh, oh, my. I have in this <laughs> <over here>. um, <laughs> the world may, may not be ready for the TARDIS onesie. Uh, uh, TARDIS was actually one of the first gifts I received as well in the 1970s. Uh, now, this this has been uh, featured in Doctor Who magazine. There was a uh, a Ken doll sized Doctor. Uh, oh yeah, fourth Doctor, and and there was a TARDIS that went with it, and you could put the fourth Doctor in the TARDIS, and you could spin the top, and he would he would disappear. Oh, wild wasn't fun. quite that it was bigger on the inside, but the Doctor did vanish, which was kind of fun. Um, he he did okay. vanish into it. And I, I remember that sort of priming me for Logopolis. <laughs> must have gotten it pretty late into the 70s or early into the 80s in that case, because I, I do remember kind of thinking about that in connection with the Glop Logopolis and the TARDIS and the TARDIS and the TARDIS. You, know, uh, and you, you don't still have it, do you? I, it is somewhere in the attic at home. I, I, I got I got to dig it out next time. Oh yeah, you definitely got to dig it out. I really want to see yeah. this now. Yeah, the disappearing uh, Baker Tardis. <laughs> it was fantastic. Now it did mean that I could not do my my desired uh, crossovers between my Star Wars figures and and my one and only Doctor Who figure. <laughs> this mm. thing was. I don't know if they even made any others at that time, uh, unless like the Doctor is like fifty foot tall. 
you know what what I really needed was the gift of Trenzalore and the the giant TARDIS. Uh, mm. <laughs> from that, I could have possibly incorporated it into my uh, Star Wars action figure stories. In that case, but yeah, they never the twain could meet. But it did mean it did give me the gift that I could uh, play with my sister who had uh, Barbies and Cindy's. Cindy was a British. Oh, Barbie. yeah! Uh, wow! So the doctor could visit the dream house. Exactly. Hang out. <laughs> the doctor may have been the original inhabitant of the what is it in the Barbie movie? Ken's Mojo Dojo Dream House. <laughs> uh, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, we had that. We were ahead of the game. Uh, it was the TARDIS. It was amazing. I'm pretty sure Bobby went into the TARDIS many times. Uh, unofficial companion, but but big finish. Maybe you can figure something out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so nice. I feel like that's that's some good good family quality time, some good sibling quality time. Well, Give yeah. Very little else to bond over. Well, now it's the great thing is every Christmas there's – a good sort of Doctor Who bonding moment, and that I've definitely enjoyed um, since I've had a family. Uh, started my own family, which during during the new series, right? So when when the new series came back and we had the Christmas specials, um, I would kind of watch them more or less on my own. Although I would usually go back and see uh, my folks and and uh, my brother and sister in Edmonton, and maybe I think once or twice we we might have uh, watched Doctor Who over there. But certainly since I've had kids. It's been such a great thing to look forward to every Christmas mm-hmm. that we're all going to just not only have a great Christmas together, but we're also going to have brand new Doctor Who that we're yeah. going to watch in the evening and just have a have a great sort of time with it. And um, again, this is not unusual. I mean, this is like every every Doctor Who fan has this, but it is it's one of these cool, bold things the show did. Like, let's have a Christmas special and and. And do it, and they just started doing it every year. And it, I, it's surprising that uh, it's the. Uh, I think. Are there any other shows that do it? I have no idea, no. to be honest with you. Like it, it, it's such a smart idea. Like I'm surprised yeah. it hasn't really caught on as as a thing other franchises would do. It's definitely a sign of the flexibility of the Who franchise is that, that you can do that. And I think we we were shown that with with Feast of Stephen. Like, you know, mm. we knew that as early as the first Doctor, even though that was sort of uh, famed and decried as this madcap episode. Like, it was an early example of how Doctor Who can just do something that's just, pardon my language, completely batshit. <laughs> it, it just, it, yeah. I mean, it, it just, especially at Christmas, and somehow that goes well with Christmas. It's amazing that they took as long as they did to remember that. Really, mm. uh, maybe you know William Hartnell doomed it by turning to camera at the end of Feast of Stephen, and so you know that's what kind of doomed that episode in the eyes of many, the breaking of the fourth wall. But Doctor yeah. Who and Christmas go together. Every, everyone knows this now. They go together so well. I think in part because it explains Christmas better than any other show. We we have had better explanations of Christmas in Doctor Who stories than we've had in anything outside, I think, things like The Grinch, you know, uh, you know, anything that, that's more specifically aimed uh, at, at uh, telling a Christmas story. And I'm thinking specifically of Last Christmas. Right. Uh, which yeah. contains, for me, the the best description 
of of why we we do Christmas. Christmas Carol was pretty good. We we looked yeah. at that last week. The halfway out of the dark thing is a wonderful line that anyone can get behind. If you know, if you're not religious, you don't identify with the actual festival called Christmas. You call it whatever you want. It's halfway out of the dark. I love that. Yeah. And then last Christmas, the notion that it could be our last Christmas together, like that, really, really. You know, something clicked for me in in my mind when I saw that, and it's never unclicked about Christmas itself. Yeah, Doctor Who really gets Christmas, and it's kind of too bad, honestly, now that I think about it, that Jodie Whittaker was not... I know that, you know, you can't do Christmas forever. Maybe they got a little tiresome in terms of like milking every possible Christmas story and turning it into a Doctor Who adventure. But New Year's just isn't the same. It just isn't. You yeah. You don't really have that same sense of family that sort of... The, the spirit is different, right? You're on, on New Year's, you've just kind of like rebooting things, watching the clocks change, and you're just hung over the next day. And you don't really, like that sense of occasion is, is a different thing that I don't think it translates in yeah. the same way. And it's, it's really too bad that her doctor didn't get a Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, even though you could argue Power of the Doctor maybe sort of almost wanders into it because it was sort of October-ish. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's too bad, but I'm... I'm glad I mean, they brought them back. And... They, they did kind of run out of ideas. <laughs> around yeah. I mean, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, what other Christmas story could they do? And I was thinking, well, like, maybe they could do a version of It's a Wonderful Life, but, like, the Doctor gets to see what her life, like, let's let's give this to Jodie. Well, uh, I mean, the thing is... Without, uh, what, you know, without her yeah. life in the world. But then I was like, oh, no, that's kind of turn left. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could do the literal Christmas story and have him go to Bethlehem in oh. the year zero or something, but not maybe not. Oh. In fact, don't do that. Dark yeah. do not call us on that one. But <laughs> the the you don't necessarily have to like like this that was really more of a Moffat invention. You let's reinvent Christmas stories and do them as Doctor Who adventures. Whereas if you look at RTD's first era, you know, the Christmas invasion and the runaway bride and you know most of them really are really doctor who adventures with christmas overtones hmm. they're not necessarily sort of a whole reimagining of christmas so i think i think you can keep them going i just uh, and and get more into that sort of spirit of things um so uh yeah i i, I do think though like just the the family coming together to do a thing uh on christmas day just makes way more sense. And, you know, they really have figured out the formula of this in, in, in terms of, you know, Moffat would say it a lot about how it, 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 you're kind of competing with Christmas in a sense. So you've got to be even louder and crazier and uh, looking yeah. forward to some loudness and craziness in uh, in a week or so. Yeah. You definitely don't get that on a, on a shot of VHS. Um, but yeah, speaking about more, more intangible gifts that, that just Doctor Who fandom has, has given us that we can spend some time feeling grateful for, uh, especially as I, I feel a little bad about the bar humbug corner last week. I, I, I got a little too humbuggy. So really, so, okay. <laughs> let me, I mean, that's why the, the pull to open sign smashed during it. I, I was sure <laughs> right. that was uh, the ghost of Christmas future sending me a message there. Uh, but now I, I have Doctor Who to thank for the first, one of the first stories I ever wrote was about the doctor. The very first story is about a character called the giant of Wembley. Uh, but the, the second story short story I ever wrote as, as a kid, as a very young kid, 
uh, involved the fourth doctor. I've ta- I think I talked about this when we went to Destiny of the Daleks because it was, I believe, after watching episode one of it, Destiny of the Daleks, it had that uh, setting to it where the doctor mm. was literally inviting me, like a hand comes out of the television. The doctor literally pulls me into the story. Uh, hmm. Probably a device been, been, that been used many times, but whatever. I was like five years old. Um, and uh, usually, usually a device that's very, very creepy yeah, <laughs> when you're like being invited into the TV show. But not in but this I, one. Yeah. <laughs> this was no WandaVision here. This was, uh, yeah, it was actually a positive story. But So, you know, the, the Doctor was like one, one of the first subjects I wanted to write about. Uh, one of the first things I was ever obsessed with drawing as a kid was 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 the scarf, was the fourth Doctor's scarf, hmm. uh, nice. which I, I just drew endless spirals. And I remember one day uh, discovering my mother crying uh, about something. And she, she had one of my, like, she can't even remember this, this story at all, but, uh, but she had one of my spiral drawings like out in front of her. So I misunderstood. I believed that she didn't want me to draw any more spirals that could be either uh, snakes or Doctor Who scarves. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what is so tragic about that? I kind of feel like she thought you were I mean, messed up because you were just drawing clearly, weird stuff. Clearly it wasn't about me, but I took from that yeah. that my, my Doctor Who scarf drawing phase must end, and I, I started doing portraits. Well, maybe she was, she was proud. I mean, maybe <laughs> tears of joy. Tears Could of joy yeah. about being handed yet another scarf picture. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But also, I mean, I've mentioned on the show before, it was a thing that I could bond with my dad over. Uh, one memory that may or may not have mentioned was was like trying to when we we were walking along Hadrian's Wall one day because we live we live quite close to Hadrian's Wall. It's beautiful, beautiful setting. Uh, so many movies have been filmed in, and uh, I was I spent the, that entire walk uh, not not in stony silence as we might do normally, but trying to persuade him that he needed to catch up with Trial of a Time Lord. Wow! So this yeah. Is, this story takes place in 1986. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roughly. Um, and were yeah. you successful? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I realized in trying to summarize Trial of a Time Lord that it really wasn't going to interest him. Was he just like, either. Chris, I'm more of a more of a Davison guy. I- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sorry, since you know, since Tegan left, I'm not really not into it anymore. Oh, understandable. Uh, yeah, sorry. Don't don't do American accented uh, companions. So no no Perry for me. Well, it's funny um, that you you had some story. You wrote a story uh, sort of around uh, Doctor Who uh, when you were first into it. Uh, I did as well. Funnily funnily enough, mm-hmm. uh, in ninth grade, I wow. wrote something over the Christmas season because it was like an assignment for our language arts class to write a short story, and I wrote what was essentially a sequel to the caves of Androzani Whoa. with uh, what I imagined would be the seventh doctor. The and cause at that point they hadn't, uh, I don't think they did now. No, no, sorry. The eighth doctor. Cause the seventh eighth? doctor was already around, but I, there was no eighth doctor obviously. And there hadn't oh, been. Oh, I see. You're writing this many would, years later. Yeah. I would, yeah. No, I I basically was imagining an eighth doctor, like my own eighth doctor, Ooh. and uh, had I had a very similar dress sense, shall we say? <laughs> and, uh, but honestly, yeah, when I wrote it, can't, it, can't go wrong. I look, I, I haven't looked at it in forever. I don't even know if I still have it, but I remember thinking, oh, I sort of instinctively wrote it for the sixth doctor, which had mm-hmm. been 
the doctor I had sort of most, most like I hadn't really seen much of Sylvester McCoy yet at that point yeah. because he was pretty, he was brand new. It was like 87 or 88. And I, I was sort of still calibrated to the previous doctor, you know, which was kind of funny because he's, you know, he's very short with the, his companion. I actually put right. Melanie in there because she was again, sort of the one I was sort of associated with as the doctor. And so, so yeah, back to Androzani. Yes, uh, but there's a lot of androids. There's a lot of stuff getting blown up and using. Uh, there's a bomb. Uh, and there's, there's no Spectrox uh, radiation there. There, there is Spectrox, uh, but uh, no one, no one dies of it in the episode. So, uh, okay. yeah, there, there was. Uh, it was a short kind of. I don't know. It was. Uh, I don't know if I successfully got the short story structure because I just wanted to watch write a Doctor Who episode. <sighs> Well, so uh, if you were thinking what you'd get me for Christmas, uh, please locate that story, and uh, we, uh, we just hold it, hold it for whenever the randomizer is kind enough to send us to Caves of Androzani. Well, I remember doing one of those super amateur moves in it, though. I'll, I'd have to revise it because I did this thing where I took some names from the show, knowing my language arts teacher wouldn't know the show. Yeah. So I think I even put like someone's name was Mister Fibuli. Just because I like that name, <laughs> it, it was just you know I, I just I think it's, the story is was okay. It's just that um, I, I'd have to ch- change the names to something that wasn't just a complete ripoff. Yes, change the names uh, to protect the innocent. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know that year, many years hence the story would be uh, would be performed live on a podcast. Mm. No. <laughs> maybe well, that'll be my i'll have my dickens moment next christmas yes. and i'll maybe i'll read the read the story there you go oh my goodness you do that i'll totally wear the tardis onesie deal all right, <laughs> all right. christmas 2024 folks set it here to pull to open that's right doctor Who podcast. Gives you last christmas and the next doctor but only pull to open gives you the next christmas there it is all right, folks, thanks for joining us down this Christmassy version of Pull to Open, where we talked about gifts, stories. We hope you enjoyed our gift to you. We will see you next week for Demons of the Punjab. Yes, Please like, subscribe, and all the other things that we said earlier. There will be more gifts. There are gifts in Demons of the Punjab, if you if you don't remember that. There are several gifts, and so it is an appropriate place to go next. Uh, and the, we will be giving you the gift of a giant history corner uh, from from that story. So there's a lot to, lot to talk about, and I can't wait to get into it all. And we wish everyone out there uh, at home uh, your, a Merry Christmas to you as well. Yes, Dr. Not sure if that was Hartnell's line, but <laughs> did my best. <laughs> yeah, let's turn to camera and be like, yes, Dr. Bless us, everyone. Bye, folks. <laughs>